Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. I'm Rod. And you're listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. In today's episode, we are covering the October 29th sermon titled Throwing It All Away. And this was an interesting sermon because it came out of an email you had sent a year ago to a a message that you heard last year that was very impactful on you because the pastor didn't really do what we had talked about with hermeneutics, that mini series we did on Bible study methods. The preacher you heard didn't really do those observation, interpretation, correlation, application steps when he preached this message. Well, if he did it, it didn't show in his message. There were some basics on what I would call simple observations that uh, the text lends itself to for proper interpretation that he completely glossed over. And I I must say, and I said this in the message, uh, I don't know if I've ever been in an audience where I heard a message that evoked such a response from me emotionally, you know, that, that powerful because I was very upset, because here was a room full of people, and there had been two services in this church, and his big idea was endure, or you will face the judgment of hell. And, um, you know, typically people don't think about this passage as an assurance passage. Uh, This is a passage people use to prove that a person can't know can't have assurance. And so uh, the outline of my sermon was just basically uh, the email that I'd written and some exegetical questions I had for him and then one real theological question. And so uh, that's the way this this took place. Even though I did more work on the passage than that email, that email was written 13 months ago, and that's what I used to to outline the passage, more or less. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting because in my ESV Bible, 1019 through the end of the chapter, the heading of that is the full assurance of faith. So that, that people would use that, that you don't have assurance or you can't have assurance is kind of interesting when the passage is talking about assurance. And I think that is the problem right there. You know, we end up making Scripture say something that it does not intend to say. And when we do that, we end up taking away a message to the believer that God wants the believer to know and understand. And so, you know, you might say, well, it's not that big a deal, and and what he says is is not going to harm anybody, it's not going to hurt anybody— but it does. We, when we make it say something it was not intended to say, we end up not giving the message that God wanted us to have. And so that's why this is, this is very important, I think. And, and the message from this passage, I think, is we should have confidence. He starts off in verse 19. He talks about, let us enter confidently uh, the holy place because of what Christ has provided for his blood. We can have confidence. And then he ends Uh, In verse 35, don't let anyone take your confidence away. And so uh, how would they do that? How would they take the confidence away? And, And I think it's by trading the blood of Christ. This is believers, believers trading the blood of Christ for the blood of 
lambs and goats and and the worship that was going on in the temple because the temple is still standing and there are physical sacrifices being made. And I think there's this uh, temptation to jump ship and, and go with the physical and thinking that's real. And in chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, he says, no, that's just a picture. Christ is what's real. Christ's sacrifice is the reality. And these are Jewish believers, um, which I think, again, one, the fact that it's called Hebrews is tipping us off to that. But also the context of it is very much for Jewish believers. So you have to consider, okay, these people have lived their entire lives, generations of Jews have gone through this ritual of certain sacrifices for certain things, and it's all laid out in the Old Testament, and it's the the core of their activity in in their religion. And so to suddenly abandon that, they're like, well, hang on, but don't, I need this. This is the thing. I have to go to Jerusalem. I have to, I have to have this unblemished lamb. I need to do X, Y, and Z, and then I will know for certain that I have forgiveness of the sin or I have um, atonement for whatever. But now that you have Jesus, who all of those things in the Old Testament is pointing to, it, I can see how for them it might take a minute to sink in that those past things aren't needed anymore. I'm very sympathetic to them. If I were in their shoes, I think I would be struggling with the same temptation. And so uh, the author of Hebrews makes his argument and, and warns them, this is the fourth warning about doing that very thing. And, and we think the transition from, uh, you know, even something like worshiping Friday night till till Saturday night was an easy transition. No, that was a tough transition for them. And so I just can't imagine how difficult it would be to say, okay, Jesus has provided that sacrifice and you no longer need to do what you've always done. I mean, that would be tough. And you can see why the author of Hebrews is so strong in his declaring that they must rely on Christ and what Christ has provided. Because to go back is to, as his words in Hebrew says, to shrink back, to cower, to be alienated from Christ because what you've done is you've chosen something that is not worthy now because the reality has come. So so don't go back to the old way. Right. And Another thing that we had talked about in Bible study methods is you have to look at a passage in the context of the chapter and in the context of the whole book. And throughout Hebrews, he talks about these sacrifices. Yes, in the Old Testament, before Christ, they were needed continually for the payment of sin. But now that you have this once and for all sacrifice from Christ, it's no longer necessary. And so to go back to these things that you have to do daily that just will never measure up. It's it's silly, but it's also a terrible decision on the part of the believer to choose that over Christ's sacrifice. So yeah, Hebrews is very strongly worded, not because these people might not be saved or they might lose their salvation, but because they're making a really heartbreaking choice given the reality of the cross. Exactly. And I, and I think that the care with which the author writes, when he includes himself, when he says, if we deliberately keep on sinning, if we do this, and he includes himself in this, and this, this was the stark, you know, knock you over the head, because the author 
does not assume he's free from this temptation of abandoning, you know, trying to cover all your bases. I'm going to accept Christ as my personal Savior, but I'm going to keep doing the sacrifices because, hey, you never can tell. That might help some, too. Uh, It goes back to our other video clip from a week ago, and I helped, you know. We did something to help it. So um, I think that's, in our Bible study methods, the we there, you've got to deal with that. You've got to—if you're going to say— these people, they don't know if they're really saved or not. Then you've got to, by deduction, say, well, then the author of the book doesn't know if he's saved or not. And, and, and that just doesn't make any sense. So we have to read the book in its context. And that's what my video clip was about, context. And, and context changes everything. And I hope that video clip proved that, that it changes everything. So, yeah, he wants us to be confident. He, he wants us to live boldly. Uh, standing on Christ's finished work, and there's no need for the sacrifice of animals or, or, or anything else. Those were all pointers to the great sacrifice, and to shrink back and to go back is to abandon what Christ has done for us, and, and that is tragic. And that has eternal consequences as far as loss of rewards, loss of uh, you know, what we will have and share in eternity. Right. And not that eternal consequences in that you lose your salvation. Again, they don't. They're believers. They have it. But yeah, like you said, eternal rewards that we could have. And and when you think about it, a reward for eternity, that's substantial. So to not have that, to miss out on that, that's a that's a that's a big deal. And we we want God to take pleasure in us. And I think verse 38 says it, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. So God doesn't take pleasure in us trying to be religious by shrinking back. Uh, We've got to live by faith, and that faith is in the finished work of Christ. And just for, you know, the sake of clarity on that, too, some might say, oh, well, the righteous one will live by faith, but the one who shrinks back, that's referring to somebody else. You know, that's a that's a different person entirely. Well, the ESV says it this way, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So we're still talking about the same person here, which I think is a really important thing to point out, that these aren't two different groups. This is a warning to believers so that they will live the life that they are supposed to live to have the eternity that they are supposed to have with all the rich rewards that's available to them mm-hmm. yeah right well thanks for going through that i know this one was uh, a little difficult to to jump into just because of like you were saying earlier kind of the obscure nature of the passage and, that and people I, don't talk about this as much and i think that's important because the way you'd really want to handle this warning passage is, is in light of the other warnings that's in the book of Hebrews. You really want to handle this in the context of the entire book, and I think that's an important statement to make. Right. So, yeah, we definitely encourage people to read the entire book to see where chapter 10 falls in as the book, the context of the book as a whole. Um, but thank you for going through that and for, for clarifying some of those things that are a little tricky when you're looking at it with preconceived notions coming in. Um, And thank you all for listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church.